Hey listeners, before we get started, I wanted to share with you a brand new podcast that you might be interested in. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. This podcast is about all things Atlanta Braves baseball. They talk about roster moves, potential trades, game recaps. Now this may all seem cliche for a sports podcast, but they also include a special segment each week where they talk about controversial topics using only stats and logic and no bias. Controversial topics such as which Braves player should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, why your favorite player may not be as valuable as you think they are, or how certain players you may not like deserve more love. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. You can currently catch this podcast. See what I did there? Catch this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor.fm. It's sure to be a hit. Tyler Perry's Medea's Hair Cream, brought to you by Tyler and Perry. Yes, that's right. Brought to you by Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, and Joe Perry. This isn't just any hair cream. This cream is rockin'. It's lighter. It's brighter. It's more flowing than ever. Isn't that right, Mr. Tyler and Perry? Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. Tyler Perry's Medea's Hair Cream. Hair cream is not guaranteed to work. This product and any related products are not actually endorsed by Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, or Medea. And don't forget to check out our other hair products, such as Tyler Perry's toilet paper, also known as TP's TP. Joe Show. As always, I am your host, Joe, and I am here with another wonderful special guest, Sherry Billings. Sherry, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you, Joe? I am doing pretty good. Um, For those of you who don't know who Sherry is and what she's worked on, she has worked on projects such as The Walking Dead, small little show on the AMC you may have watched. Um, She's also worked on other shows such as Drop Dead Diva, Movies like Papa, Hamlin Hutch, Remnants, Category 5, and An Innocent Kiss, and dozens of other projects that we didn't list because there was just too many to list working as a background artist. But, Sherry, we will go ahead and get started with the first question that I ask everybody, which is, how did you get started in the film industry? I got started with the movie with... um directed by Billy Bob Thornton called Jane Mansfield's Car. They were filming in the Atlanta area and they were looking for older cars and at the time I happened to have a 67 Ford Fairlane and I'd never worked in anything, had just been introduced to uh, extras casting and I submitted and they 
immediately <laughs> emailed back on pictures of the car and I sent them and probably within an hour I was booked and ready to go. That's incredible. <laughs> Starting in there, you actually went from working in background to working as an assistant. Um, walk us through what it was like going from background all the way up to becoming the assistant of a very famous American icon. How how did you work your way up to that? Oh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Basically, just by getting to know people. Um, you know, one person you would get introduced to, you become friends, and next thing you know, you know, I'm getting a call asking if I was interested in uh, being a personal assistant on Drop Dead Diva, which I accepted and felt, wow, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> and it was totally different than being a background artist. You know, different rules, uh, just everything is different. So what do you do and, as a personal assistant then for the different actors? Basically, um, like going over lines with them, coordinating wardrobe fittings, um, kind of saying, hey, it's time to go to set, <laughs> you know, let's go. And then being on set for anything that they needed, um, running errands for them if needed, and just kind of being their right-hand person. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> and you worked, it was one or two seasons on Drop Dead Diva, but after leaving that position, you got a call from, I don't even want to reveal his name, I'm going to, I want to let you do it, <laughs> from one of the biggest American icons who, rest in peace, just passed away recently um, within the past few years. But how how did you get in get into that position, and who was he? Can you reveal that to us? I sure can. It started out, um, again, through someone I know that was offered the position of being Tom Sizemore's personal assistant on a movie that Carlton Holt produced. Uh, that was called um, Remnants, and they contacted me to see if I could be a personal assistant for Tom Sizemore since I had the experience from Drop Dead Diva and I accepted that. It was short. It didn't take long to film that. But Carlton also did another movie after that called Hamlet and Hutch. And I get a call from them one day and they're like, hey, Sherry, we're doing another movie and we're interested to, in hiring you to be our lead actor's personal assistant. Wanted to know if you might be interested. And I'm like, well, sure. Uh, who is it? And they said, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Just Burt Reynolds, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, um, let me look at my schedule. Sure, I'm available. <laughs> and... I accepted, of course, and uh, just be, I was calm on the phone, you know, like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll do it, no big deal. But hung up the phone, called my mom to tell her, and I couldn't talk for hyperventilating. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did that project, and I really hit it off with Bert. He, he liked me, and 
I would say, let's see, that was in April. And a month or so went by, and I get another call from a production agency. They were doing a movie with Burt Reynolds, and Burt had actually requested me to be his personal assistant. That movie was Category 5, and I got to travel to Biloxi, Mississippi for that one. And then a month... A month or so after that, I get another call from another production company. <laughs> they were doing, it was originally called Elbow Grease, but they changed it to An Innocent Kiss. And same thing. Can you be Bert's personal assistant? He personally requested you. And An Innocent Kiss, you told me that you had just watched it. It's free on Amazon right now if anybody has prime they can go ahead and watch it for free uh tell us a little bit about what an innocent kiss is about the plot line without giving away any spoilers okay it's um about a small town in south carolina guys working together with families and burt reynolds plays one of them's father and grandpa to all the kids running around in the movie. It's it's a really sweet story, but it's also a comedy, too. It, it's really, really funny. And that's really about all I can say, because if I get into too much, you know, the, the title kind of gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> and working with Bert, if you've ever worked with Bert people out there, you know that Bert loves to tell stories. Uh, and he's told you some of the stories, the one that I love the most, if you could let the listeners know the story about when he was first auditioning before he hit it big. I think that's a great story. Uh, yeah, that one was pretty good. Um, he was going to an audition with a friend of his that was also auditioning, and they both tried out, and afterwards, the casting agent looked at Bert and said, you don't have the role because you can't act. And he looked at Bert's friend and he said, you don't have the role because your Adam's apple is too big. (laughs) And his friend was Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Uh, The two buddies that made it huge, both now American icons. (laughs) Oh, and another great story that I... I don't know, this is more of a personal story for me and you, was the day that you had called me up and was like, hey, Burt Reynolds wants to meet Will Ferrell. (laughs) Um, Is there any way you can make that happen? Uh, Tell your side of the story of what we had to do uh, in order to make that happen from your perspective. Let's see, we were, I was working on Hamlet and Hutch, I believe, and he was talking about Will Ferrell, and I said, well, I happen to have a friend that's working with him right now, and he was like, oh, I would really like to meet up with him, and I believe I texted you or called you. You texted because we were on set. (laughs) You can't call me. (laughs) Oh, that is true. That is true. From there, on my side, after you had texted me, I talked to his stand-in and was like, okay, I normally would not ask this because I know the protocols of everything, but my friend is working with Burt Reynolds, so I know it's legit. This isn't just a friend of a friend or something like that. 
She's the personal assistant of Bert, and Bert wants to come down and see Will. Here is a phone number so you can give it to whoever you need to, if possible, just kind of to his handler and see if Bert Reynolds can come down and just let them know if that can happen or not. And I guess it went through the chain of command because eventually you got a phone call back saying, hey, yeah, if, if you guys want to swing by. <laughs> that's true. But the sad thing is, is it never worked out because we were filming in the North Georgia mountains. And I think Will was here in, in the Atlanta area and the schedules, you know, it just didn't happen. But we tried. Yeah. Yeah. We were downtown and it was like a two hour drive. And by the time they wrapped and by the time we wrapped, it just didn't work out time wise. But. We got them but in they, touch, which I thought was pretty awesome of us. <laughs> that's right, and they did talk on the phone, so they didn't get to meet in person, but they did get to talk on the phone. And then moving on to the next section that we've got, Walking Dead is a show that you worked on for quite a while. Uh, what was your role in The Walking Dead, and what are like a couple of your favorite memories from working on that show? I was a citizen of Woodbury, uh, season three, a Woodbury resident. That was the most fun I've ever had. I worked on it for six months, and it was just so exciting every day that I went. I looked forward to waking up at four o'clock in the morning to drive to Sonoya to be on set by sometimes six seven you know whatever four in the and morning <laughs> working oh good 12 14 hours a day but i didn't care uh hated when we you know got let go for the day i was just ready to come back it was <laughs> so much fun and what were some of your favorite scenes to film while you were there okay what my favorite one of my favorites actually was when we, the town of Woodbury uh, went to a zombie fight. It's when the governor kind of introduced Andrea into our lifestyle, you know, that we had in Woodbury. Yeah. And it was the zombie fight in the arena, which was actually a factory in Newton, Georgia. That was the most fun. My favorite actor that night was Merle. Uh, <laughs> Merle Dixon. Oh, my goodness gracious. That man is the funniest man. He kept us all laughing. He got us in trouble because, you know, we couldn't stop laughing and they would have to cut, you know. But that was one of my favorite. And then doing the season finale when we went into the prison, we blew up the towers and then went in and raided the jail and, you know, just went into the prison looking for Rick and everybody. And that was really fun. We got to carry our, I had a 12-gauge shotgun. The scene where Maggie and Glenn were actually shooting at us, and we had to run away from the prison. And I was running with the governor. And that was, I thought I was going to get to come back for season four. That's what we were told, because they picked three people. It was myself and two others. And the governor, of course, you can't see it in the edited version of it but he told me to run so they had three of us run in a direction like away from all the chaos and everybody else got killed 
but they were going to bring us back, but the script were, was rewritten, and uh, we didn't come back, so Aww. I'm only assumed dead. Well, I would assume the zombies got you at this point, if you haven't been back for a decade. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Either that or you're out wandering very, very far away. Who knows, maybe you'll end up on Fear of the Walking Dead or something one day. Right. As they cross well, we over a character. We could have started our own little town, or you know. <laughs> That's what you need. You need a third spinoff for The Walking Dead starring Sherry Billings. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to totally switch gears here for a couple of minutes, because I want to go into something that's actually a little more personal and not film-related for you, which is your love of Aerosmith and Steven Tyler. You, oh, yes. You have got to meet him a few times um, without divulging too much information. Um, you were able to find him at an undisclosed location because we don't want to give that away. <laughs> okay. But when you met him, um, describe your first meeting with him and how that went, and then also go into the other times that you've met up with him, too. Okay. I was on a tropical vacation <laughs> and met, met some friends on a walking trail that had been to an establishment the night before owned by another rock star and Sammy Hagar had played at this establishment the night before and she said oh yeah a lot of people uh, come in there unannounced just to play and she said we even heard that Steven Tyler pops in so I'm thinking okay we're in the tropics here how does Steven Tyler just pop in here so I thought about it and I happened to google you know where he might live <laughs> <laughs> and I, I happened to be in the same place where Steven Tyler lives I'm like, okay, I'm going to find him. And, of course, Russ thought I was crazy. And my daughter also loves him and Aerosmith and a couple other of my friends. Russ being your partner, for those of you who are listening. <laughs> and so I somewhat found his address. It, it's not the true address, but it did get me into the vicinity of his house. And um, also, this area does not have a helmet law, and he likes to ride motorcycles. So with no helmet law, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be on the lookout for motorcycle drivers, you know, driving around. So we started driving just in the vicinity of his address, and I look up, there's on a little two-lane road, but there's a traffic light, and... We had the green light, but there were two motorcycles to my right stopped waiting on the light to change. And no joke, I look over and I said, there's Steven Tyler. <laughs> and Russ said, what? You're, no way. You're crazy. I said, no, I'm not. I said, you turn this car around because the light changed and, and they turned left. And I said, you turn this car around and go follow him. And... <laughs> So we did, and I'm shaking like a leaf. I was trying to video 
but I ended up videoing my feet and the dashboard <laughs> and got a really good shot of my knee. And I got a, enough of a clip of him to be able to get a really good screenshot. But we followed him, tried not to run him off the road, you know, because we were just followed both him. freaking you out. safely followed him. <laughs> he pulls into a shopping mall. And, of course, we didn't pull in right beside him. We just went up a street, did a U-turn, and came back. <laughs> and his friend, they'd gotten off their motorcycles and were just standing there talking. And I told Russ, I said, let me out. He's like, you're kidding. You're actually going to go up and talk to him? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and I walked up. I was calm. I didn't act like a crazed lunatic fan. <laughs> but I politely walked up and asked if I could get a picture with him. And he's like, sure, of course. And so Russ starts to take a picture. And I said, do a video. Just do a video. And he's like, oh, you want to do a video? Russ starts videoing, and, I mean, he practically interviews me, and it's on YouTube under I Met Steven Tyler. Um, I tried to keep calm. If you look closely, you can see my knees shaking, and my voice is kind of shaky, too, but I still remain calm. And afterwards, I text my daughter and my other two friends that thought I was crazy, that I would actually find Steven Tyler, and I immediately <laughs> sent him the video. I said, I told you I was going to find him, <laughs> and I did. And then you met him another time, I think it was just a few months later, you had bought tickets and sat, I think it was second row, it was either first or second row at one of his shows. Yeah, this was um, at the Puyallup. Well, at the Washington State Fair in Puyallup, Washington. And I did have second row tickets, but they allowed the first two rows to come up to the stage. And, of course, I was front and center. <laughs> <laughs> and throughout the show, he kept looking out, and I would wave, you know, and Russ was right behind me. And after a few songs... He started playing Living on the Edge. And I don't know, I told Russ, I said, video this. I had no idea of anything. And he sings a few, you know, lyrics or whatever. Then when he starts doing the Living on the Edge part, he comes right down in my face and puts <laughs> the microphone in my face. And I said, I met you in Hawaii. <laughs> and he says, I know, I remember <laughs> and he walks off and I'm turning around to Russ I'm like oh my gosh and Russ hit me he said turn around he was right back in my face so I sang a little part of living on the edge with him oh you guys got to sing a duet yeah so that's also on YouTube too under I met Steven Tyler again <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get things wrapped up here real quick um do you have any social medias or anything that you want to go ahead and promote for people to come and find you? Only Facebook. I'm only on Facebook. Awesome. We will go ahead and share a link to that through our social medias. And thank you again, Sherry, for hanging out. I miss you so much. I know. I miss you, too. And the doggies miss you, too. Um, but thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the stories. And join us again next week for another episode of The Above Average Joe Show. Thanks, everyone.
Thank you again to our special guest, Sherry Billings. And a special thanks to Jamie Lynn Catret for her contributions to the Tyler and Perry Fomercial. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters, and look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra Unordinary, and other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com. <laughs>